What's up guys, I'm Fenyo from The Fight Side and this is the Early Brilliant Podcast where I help you begin your week thinking about the mess of a sport that is MMA that we all love and so yeah, I've been basically talking about what happened last week a few news, what's going on this week on the weekend so let's get into it now first of all, we had uh, PFL PFL had their third regular season event, uh, most notably headlined by the debut of Shane Burgos of UFC fame against fellow former uh, UFC veteran and current PFL lightweight champion Olivier Ovi-Messier, uh, who, is, who is doing pretty good for himself, um, the, the current PFL lightweight champion, I don't know if I already said that. Uh, the card was weirdly put together. Um, they had four fights, then we went into Borgos versus OAM, and then they had a bunch of post-liminary fights. So it was very weirdly put together, but, but a few, a few good fights. I uh, didn't get to catch them all, but yeah, I mean, we have in action, uh, Magomed Umalatov uh, had a big KO, um, David Sawada, former UFC fighter, um, got finished by Carlos Leal, Brazilian fighter. We have a heavyweight, it was a heavyweight bout involving uh, Cesar Muchanchi Ferreira, where he lost by grandpa. Uh, so actually into the good stuff, Clay Collard had a banger with Yamato Nishikawa, pretty fun fight. Uh, Collard keeps being like very entertaining in his, in his PFL run. Uh, I don't think he lost to, to Manfio, by the way. <laughs> then we had the main event in the middle of the card. Um, OEM versus Burgos. Didn't get to see a lot of that fight, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Burgos lost. Uh, lightweight debut. I, I was calling for Burgos to move up to lightweight for ages. And now he got backpacked a whole bunch by, by OEM. So, but yeah, I mean, Burgos way too big for 145. I, um, I I don't know first hard if the if the cut was was like hard for him to do, but I would expect so. He is so fucking big. But yeah, I mean not good for Burgos on his build. OEM keeps racking up the wins. Then we have um I think multiple champion Nate and Schultz. Uh fought Stevie Ray. Pretty easy win for Schultz. Uh, didn't even have to rob him. <laughs> Showed notorious for getting a lot of split decisions in his favor. A lot of them that I don't think he won. But yeah, this one was pretty clean. Uh, was winning on the feet, getting takedowns, good performance. Um, then Sakju Sola with Brandon Jenkins had another like very a war, a war, very aggressive fight. I got to see some of that. Um, then uh, Bruno Miranda had a fight with Ahmed Amir. That fight was pretty good. I mean, I like I like Miranda. Haven't watched haven't watching him before, but he looked pretty solid. Uh, his fucking tank, uh, very good takedown defense, and was hitting Amir like super hard, leg kicks, hooks upstairs. And then I didn't get to watch much much else. Um, Hosh Mafio was on the card uh, for Paraguay and Alex Martinez. Uh, didn't didn't see that. Uh, Magomed Magomed Kurimov uh, head kick 
Ben Egley, I think. Uh, saw the saw the knockout on Twitter, but didn't actually watch the fight. On Sadi Busai, who is I think the current welterweight champion for PFL, also got a, a stoppage finish in his fight. There was Cage Warriors uh, this weekend. Uh, saw a lot of cool clips. Sadly, didn't get to watch it. Um, I'm going to make sure to to catch up the, with the main event because hard week. It's a lot of fun and. And yeah, I, I guess I, I'll catch up on the main card on this one. Sadly, I didn't get time to watch it. There was LFA too. Uh, not a lot to say there. And then let's get into the good stuff. It was UFC. We had a tremendous main event between Max Holloway and Brendan Allen. The fight delivered for sure. I think Allen looked pretty good in defeat. But to me, the story of the fight is not Allen looking good. It's Max Holloway being one of the best fighters of all time. Uh, you can tell uh, Holloway is losing a step physically, and he still looks tremendous. Uh, other than being largely outclassed in his third fight against Volkanovski, Holloway is still very competitive with the elite of a very deep division. Uh, Holloway opens up the fight with a lot of southpaw, uh, very hard leg kicks, uh, which I was surprised to see he abandoned later in the fight. And then, and then Allen came prepared. Uh, I think they saw a lot of what uh, Dustin Poirier had success in his fight against Holloway, being a southpaw, uh, using the high elbow guard. Uh, but Holloway came into this with tricks, um, frustrated Allen early. I think with the southpaw surprised him a little bit, very committed to the southpaw early, then started switching a lot. Uh, the classic uh, Holloway bodywork, not a lot of like combination punching to the to the body because. Allen keeps like a very long distance and, and, and he's uh, a big puncher and and he had he looked like a very dynamic puncher and good counters on this one. Uh, Allen's boxing looked uh, at his best, I would say, in this fight. But yeah, I mean, and one cool thing for Holloway was the the open side uh, kicking uh, when he was orthodox uh, and also uh, some switch kicks from, from Salpa. Uh, kicking, moving backwards, like Holloway just keeps demonstrating that he's an incredible versatile and good fighter. Uh, great performance. On uh, the main, on the co-main, we had Edson Barbosa fighting Billy Q. Uh, Quarantillo came with his usual like insane pressure. Um, seemed to be working at times, but he was eating big shots, and I felt like Quarantillo. Sometimes he's a bit too reckless for his own good. I mean, he has the cardio, the durability to push that pace, but sometimes you gotta you gotta be a bit careful. Uh, Barbosa was landing uh, landed a few of his signature switch kicks. They landed super hard. Quarantillo no soul uh, kept pushing forwards. Uh, ha he was having success with the with the straight punches, pushing Edson backwards, and then going for takedowns against the cage. But then he he pushed Edson. Goes for a very telegraph uh, takedown. Edson took his head with a knee. Incredible finish, put him out. Um, I mean, yeah, great for Barbosa. Quarantillo, uh, I think, he still has upside, but he cannot f fight this reckless against this level of competition. I mean, it's it's a gamble for sure. Like he has the durability and he has the cardio to to push, and he if he makes that work. Uh, he's going to to win late in rounds, obviously, but 
uh, he he runs the risk of getting getting fucking bonked like we we saw this one and and yeah I mean still um, what's next for Barbosa in this division hard to say hard to tell uh, but I'm okay with watching Barbosa in like exciting striking bouts uh, maybe the problem is that Barbosa is ranked pretty highly still. So I don't know if we can see like a Jordan fight or something like that. Uh, and yeah, Quarantillo needs to step down for the next one. Probably, knowing the UFC, probably gain, getting a bit too big of a step uh, down and getting a, a like a very easy win. But maybe we can get like Danigia versus Quarantillo. That would be a firefight. I'm not sure if Ike has fight. Before that, we have Asmat Mursakhanov versus Dustin Jacoby. Um, Mursakhanov looked pretty good. I mean, he's pretty explosive. Uh, he's he's pretty creative on the lead. Uh, has some trouble with defense, but Jacoby was not able to get in the groove early in this fight. Uh, Mursakhanov had a very big knockdown first round, and then a smaller one on the second round. Uh, Jacoby took over on the third, but obviously the problem... I think one problem with Jacoby is that he has trouble taking over fights, especially late. Um, he's like a very like, when he gets going, has a very like round winning style. Um, and he's a dangerous fighter, I don't know why he has uh, this trouble uh, looking looking harder for finishes. I'm not sure if he's like worried about his cardio. I, I, I don't really know. Maybe it's just a personality thing, but I've seen him before. Even in his fight against like Iwan Kutelava, that and we we'll talk about him like in a moment. But, but yeah, I mean he got like clearly ten eight on the first round. He had trouble like t he took over the fight because Kutelava was wasted and still was like weirdly competitive. Um, but yeah, I mean Jacoby, I I think is still good. Um, I think he he has to put put it together. I think the skill set looks good. Uh, the athleticism uh, looks good. Mursakhanov uh, looking like a, like a good addition to to light heavyweight this win uh, the one against uh, Anshukwi uh, good wins uh, in the in the Shukwi fight he was getting worked and then he came back with a huge like flying knee knockout and then he fought uh, Clark on his last fight and he just kicked his ass so yeah we're second off looking good not sure about the ceiling i mean like heavyweight is very shallow so who knows but yeah if he can he can wrestle competently he he could get pretty far in this division no talking about guys that can wrestle competitively in this division we had the, the debut of tyre bowser and i'm not talking about him obviously he's a striker he fought iwan kutalaba kutalaba just <laughs> walk over him uh, hit him with a huge punch of a level change then took him down and finished him with uh, with ground and pound he was hitting him with uh, on the wizard with the other hand while Tanner Bowser was getting up a, a little bit of controversy at the stoppage but I, I think it was alright I mean Bowser was pretty out and yeah I mean Kutalaba finally gets a win after a good while he was on a, a pretty bad losing streak Kutilava, obviously, very athletic, a uh, good wrestler, uh, decent on the feet. The problem is that he fades super fast, and, and lately he has been tr having trouble controlling the 
the very long guys of the division he had trouble with with Johnny Walker and with Ryan Spann on the on the floor also with um, uh, Kennedy and Seshuku I think is uh, <laughs> the name but yeah um, yeah I mean have, having trouble like getting getting those guys to stay in the field because Kudelava is pretty sharp for the division um, yeah I mean Kudelava I, I think is going to be like an, an up and down fire from from here on I thought he was done to be honest uh, good for him uh, hopefully Bolster gets to to rebound from this one um, I, I think uh, two fights probably the division for him he's not a very big guy uh, for heavyweight and he looked he looked okay like he looked good physically he looked fast um, it's just this kind of stuff happens um, but yeah I mean hopefully he gets another opportunity uh, before that we have Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez uh, Gutierrez one of one of my favorite fighters so and this was one of the best fights in the card uh, didn't turn out to be a very high action fight except for the first round where Munoz caught uh, Chris with a with a hook, I think it was like a left hook. Uh, he put him on the floor. Uh, Gutierrez make a, a a good work of recovering. Uh, eventually made his way up to the feed. Uh, as we know, Munoz very dangerous grappler. Uh, but then Gutierrez like could not get into his groove. I don't think. I think he was a little bit scared of the take uh, of the of the counters of the power of Munoz. I don't know. He he didn't get going. Uh, Rounds two and three were very competitive and close, uh, very and uh, very uh, pretty pretty low volume for for the kind of actions that the, both these guys usually deliver. Um, to be honest, I'm not being a fanboy here. I think Gutierrez. If I if I'm forced to score, uh, I think Gutierrez took uh, two and three, um, but they were very close rounds. Uh, Munoz had. The biggest punch of the third round, but I think Gutierrez made up for it, out kicking him for most of the round and then getting some big offense at the end. Uh, second round, I, I, I thought it was pretty clear for for Gutierrez. Still very close, very low volume, so hard to judge. But in my opinion, uh, clear Gutierrez round. Uh, third one could have gone either way. Uh, first one, obviously Munoz. Uh, have no, I have no trouble with Munoz getting this one because he he was the one that won uh, the only clear round of the fight. But, but yeah, I mean, a good win for Munoz. Uh, I think he needed this one. I think he looked pretty good. Uh, I think he looked uh, not not so great uh, his last few fights. I mean, it's not that he looked bad against O'Malley, but it was weird that he came into this, like, just mirroring him and trying to leg kick. It was a weird... It wasn't bad, but it was a, bit, a weird look. Um, and Gutierrez... Uh, he try. He needs to like climb back up. Uh, still, I think a very good fighter with upside. Uh, but yeah, I mean, interesting to see what what's going on. Bantamweight is fucking stacked, so you can you can't go wrong. Uh, fighters were, uh, I mean, fans were booing this one a lot. Uh, I do not agree. I think it was a tense, like good fight. Could have been better, but uh, sometimes this. These kind of things happen. Uh, I I feel like Munoz was like sitting on the lead, so the responsibility was on on Guti to to push forward harder. Uh, he didn't, so we ended up with a not so action packed fight, but still a good fight. 
Uh, before that, we have Rafa Garcia versus Clay Guida. Very good performance by Garcia. Garcia is a very solid fighter. Um, usually, he pays like a, uh, he pushes a very high pace. Um, decent boxer. We mixes up a lot of takedowns. On this one, he took the role of a of a back foot boxer at times. Then a, like uh, a boxer puncher in neutral space. Uh, he worked pretty pretty well in both. Uh, Wida started pretty hard going at it at him with the. Uh, with the overhands and the left hooks, and he was looking good. But then Garcia established the jab, and very stiff jab, looking very good with it. And Garcia was also the one. The one cool thing that I saw was that he was changing levels with Clay. So Clay never never felt comfortable shooting a takedown on him, and Garcia is like a thick boy. <laughs> so probably you want a good entry to go into those hips. He's a big guy. Um, a stocky big dude, um, and Garcia was looking good, like hooking off the jab, uh, putting combinations together, staying pretty safe behind his his shoulders, contouring well in the pocket. I, I thought it was a, a pretty good performance. Then Clay with uh, made everyone believe that he was going to retire, but he just wanted to get some mic time. Uh, Dana White got super super pissed of that and uninterested. In response to that, I just wanted to say fuck Dana White, fuck him. Uh, before that, we have Bilalgio versus TJ Brown. Uh, I knew this was going to be an exciting fight. Um, they were competing super hard, everyone. TJ Brown was pushing at a very high pace, was winning the fight. Uh, commentating live, I said it was risky for Brown to push such a high pace against like a cardio fighter like Algio. Aldo eventually caught him with a with a counter elbow when Brown was going in. Immediately went into crucifix, was landing ground and pound. Brown tried to to scoop to turtle, and Aldo just like took his back, having the arm trapped. Uh, Brown eventually got the arm out, uh, but from the hook, the, uh, the hook uh, by Aldo, but it was too late. Aldo had the rear naked choke. Incredible finish. Then Aljo proceeds to to cut a, a heel promo that was pretty lame. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was a good fight, very good fight. Before that, we have Brandon Royval versus Mateusz Nikolaou, and Royval, not his super crazy self, uh, was feigning a lot, not committing so much early. Nikolaou was trying to make his reads. Uh, the end comes as Royval um, like changes stances like right in front of Nikolaou. Nikolaou changes levels as he's throwing a... I think it was, to be honest, a throwaway left hook because it was like from way outside. I I, I think he was just trying to keep like Royval, Royval's vision busy with the punch to like shoot a takedown. And he wasn't even that low in the level change, but Royval is so tall and so dexterous that he nailed him with the with the knee from the rear side. And he was like in the knockout <laughs> right there. Uh, he, he managed to sneak in a punch before uh, Nicolo fell to the ground, but that was it. Uh, great finish by Royval. Um, sad for Nicolo, I think he's a very good fighter, but it was a good fight between two good fighters. These kind of things can happen. Royval is back for sure. Just wanted to see him taking more fights. 
uh, safe with Nicolo. I, I hope he he takes some time to to take care of his brain and he can get back. Both very good fighters. Uh, this should have been in the main card. Uh, Dana White said something like, "Oh, we messed up. Uh, Royval should have been opening the card." And like, you knew these guys were good and were ranked. Like you, you just hate flyweight. So stop pretending here. Uh, before that, we travel all the way back to like 2010. Uh, at light heavyweight, we have a very shabby Zach Cummings fighting Ed Herman. Uh, Zach Cummings way faster than Herman, despite being uh, very fat <laughs> and kick his ass for most of the fight. Uh, ended up getting a pretty cool finish, to be honest. And then both guys retired. Zach Cummings was in his hometown, uh, retired with the ovation. Ed Herman uh, takes a moment to also retire. And I mean, it was, I cannot shit on this. It was, it was a sweet moment. Uh, both guys, uh, I tweeted, uh, Herman has been fighting from like 2006, I think. Uh, Cummings been in the UFC forever, and when Cummings debuted, uh, Ed Herman had already like 14 fights, so it, it was crazy. But, I mean, I, I wish the best for both of them, like true fighters. Um, I'm not gonna, going to complain about this one. Before that, Gillian Robertson made her return to strawweight. Um, and debuted in the UFC at 115 against Pierre Rodriguez. I think these girls had a, be, a, few, a bit of uh, sparring experience together at ATT before. Uh, there was some trash talk there. But Janine Robertson is completely superior in the grappling. Uh, the, only, the controversy of the fight was uh, Robertson grabs the arm, Pierre Rodriguez does a single tap the ref doesn't stop it so Robertson keeps adjusting the armbar and the ref steps uh, steps in after there uh, I think the armbar was like a hundred percent locked but uh, Rodriguez uh, started complaining that she didn't tap uh, I think it's very clear that she did tap but took advantage as she went for just a single tap, and as the referee didn't immediately stop the fight, she kept fighting for a bit, but then the fight was stopped anyway. And it was a bit of a mess, but, I mean, clean win by Robertson. Uh, interesting addition to 115. I think we all thought she was undersized for 125, uh, the, but she looked she look, uh, big and strong in this one. Uh, it's... 10 pounds for this small weight class are, is a lot, so it can make a big difference. But pro it's probably a, a big a big cut and a hard cut for Robertson. There's a reason she was fighting at 125. But I hope, hope she can safely make the cut and keep climbing in this division. She's a good, she's a good fighter. She's fun to watch on the, on the floor. Before that, we had the Mexican Daniel Hoover fighting Lando Banata. Um, Lando almost gets finished in the first round. So Hoover, so Hoover is fine. It's like very dynamic. Uh, well schooled. Uh, the defense is not very good. Uh, depends a lot on being like very long. And Lando, being the stocky guy that he is, gave him exactly that. Lando started figuring out stuff late. Um, I think. I think I uh, watching live, I scored two and three for Banata, 
or maybe like only two and the third force of Hoover. And two and three were very, very close. But the Hoover had the, the clear round, very similar situation to the to the Munoz Gutierrez fight. So yeah, I mean, so Hoover gets a win. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Lando, uh, I I'm not sure if that's it for Lando in the UFC, but he look he look alright. He look alright. I mean, he's clearly like very very out of his prime, but he's still a, a decent fighter. Um, given the given more forgiven matchups, I think a very long and uh, tight kickboxer is going to be trouble for Lando at this stage of his career, but. If he gets to fight someone a bit older and not not as long, I I guess Lando can give us a good fight. Uh, for the Hoover, just keep fighting like this level of opposition, uh, keep fixing the holes. He had a very disappointing uh, debut against uh, well, what's his name? That guy that lost to Bam Anders last week. But yeah, I mean, he looked pretty good here, promising. He's very young though. Well, uh, on the on the broadcast, DC and Bisping were saying like, "Oh, he has a very long career ahead." Um, not necessarily, I would say. Like, sometimes you start too young and and accumulate too much too much injuries by the time you're in your physical prime. So who knows? Hopefully, not the case. I'm not wishing any anything bad to the kid. Uh, before that, we have uh, a Brazilian duel between. <laughs> Denise Gomes and Bruna Brazil. Um, yeah, I mean, Brazil with a very like karate style, bouncing, shin up in the air, very side on. Uh, Gomez was quick to, to punish her, <laughs> to punish that stance with low kicks, with big hooks upstairs. Um, and she was being a beast. Uh, Brazil was dynamic as well. He, she was getting her leaks into. Uh, the end of the fight came as. Gobs switches into uh, now a lead right hook uh, to the body and then and then switches into a now uh, yeah he, he she steps into a, a a left right hook a left body hook and then uh, ends up on top with the now lead right hook to the head, yeah, that got a bit confused there, but yeah, I uh, posted uh, a clip of that on my Twitter account if you want to see that, but it was very risky because you expose basically your whole, um, if you switch into a body hook uh, and you're not like tight with it, uh, and Gomes wasn't very tight with it, she was just concerned with putting power into it, but her whole like left side was exposed very badly, but but I mean, if the opponent uh, buys into the feint, you can get to generate a lot of power. It was a bit awkward. Uh, a lot of fighters, when they switch, they go for the just step with one with one leg and a strike with the other one. Gomes was very awkward that she was like strike switching into strikes from the lead side, but it worked for her. I mean, she got the big KO. Good for her. Before that, we had a very fun fight between uh, Peruvian Gaston Bolaños and Aaron Phillips. Uh, good fight, Bolaños uh, got to do his thing of, of spamming the, the spinning elbow. <laughs> uh, Aaron Phillips looked pretty good too. Um, was getting a bit uh, beat on the feet, but then he started going to the wrestling. Got some back takes here and there. Um, pretty close fight into the scoring card. 
but yeah, good, good. Uh, looking forward to next Bolaños fight. I'm not sure his ceiling is pretty high because he's not a good wrestler and bantamweight is like all way rounded guys. I was commentating with with a friend Sandro that even guys like Sean O'Malley are pretty good wrestlers. So. So yeah, not sure the ceiling of Bolaños, but he looks like a fun action fighter. And the opener of the card was Jocelyn Edwards versus Lucy Pudilova. Pudilova gets a takedown on the first round, uh, lands decent ground and pound, uh, found herself in mount at one time. Jocelyn Edwards reverse position at the very dying seconds of the round. Uh, as, as she's getting out, she's uh, has a hold of Pudilova with the wizard because she she used to get up from the half guard and then started hammering pretty good punches with uh, with the other arm against the fence. I do not think that was enough to steal the round though. Then second round was like full Pudilova domination. And third round was close. I think I'm citing Edwards in that one. I don't remember a lot, but then. It comes for the decision and Edwards gets a split. Very, very bad decision. I'm a guy that always goes for damage over control, but you cannot ignore the damage that Pudilova was going was doing from top position on that first round. It was very, very weird. Very weird. Uh, going into some news. Rice Mitchell is going to be in a flat earth documentary. Uh, the quote that Bloody Yellow shoes to represent him was NASA is fraudulent. So yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, Max Holloway apparently doesn't plan to move on to 155. He stay, he wants to stay at 145. He says, I would love to fight him, referring to Korean Zombie. Uh, I would say that's a pretty much a, a mismatch at this point. Um, I mean, Holloway not that bad of a matchup for Zombie because uh, not that big of a puncher, but still, I would say pretty bad. Uh, I, I would say Holloway would beat him super bad. But yeah, I mean, it's okay. That's one fight that you can make for sure. Uh, Dana White says that John Johnson and Stephen Miocic are fighting at Madison Square Garden. I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the what events are going on next week, and um, and we have Bellator two Bellator events. The first one, the first one is Carmouche versus Bennett two a rematch for the Bellator Flyweight Championship. I don't really care about that. We have Tim Johnson in action. Danny Sabatello for anyone who cares. I'm not watching this one. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, one has an event. Which uh, has a, a few a few MMA fights. But the main event is non-go. Uh, but the, uh, the MMA side is not looking very interesting. Then we have uh, Pavlovich versus Blades. Uh, heavyweight main event, whatever, man. I mean, the co-main is uh, Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone, which is like a 12 times a better fight. <laughs> but 
Uh, when it comes to heavyweight main events, this one is alright, I guess. Uh, it's we, we know what's going to happen. Pavlovich is going to like boxing early, uh, not even boxing, like just punch him very hard. That's what Pavlovich does. Well, most likely, Blaze will will remind us all why Overeem just took Pavlovich down and nailed him there. Uh, a lot of people seem to be very high on Pavlovich. If Pavlovich looks good on this one and uh, I, I don't know, like gets to defend a takedown or something, I would be a bit more sold. Uh, as of right now, I have zero evidence that Pavlovich is any better than Cyril Gunn. Co-main event, Sonja Dong versus Ricky Simon. Tremendous, tremendous fight. Uh, very excited for this one. I'm a big Ricky Simon fan and Sonja Dong is always good. Uh, interesting to see this one because uh, Song has always looked very hard to take down, but then Corey Sanhagen that not uh, until recently not what we thought of, of uh, as a wrestler uh, took him down eventually in their fight. Uh, Ricky Simon obviously a good strong wrestler, but will have a lot more trouble getting good entries against Song than. Than Corey Sanhagen did, and obviously the dimensions are very different. But yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting, very good fight. Looking forward to that one. We have a fight, a middleweight fight be, uh, between Brad Tavares and Bruno Silva. Not very important, but probably going to be exciting. Both guys throw down, so hopefully this guy is crap. We have Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon. Um, I think Gordon is. Pretty old match on this one. I I'm expecting Bobby Green to kick his ass <laughs> and punk him a lot. Uh, Jasmine Lucindo versus Brogan Walker on a 115 fight. Pretty old right fight to be honest. Um, well, what else we have? Oh, we have Je Jeremiah Wells versus Matt Semmelsberger. Interesting, interesting. This one is probably going to end in a knockout. Um, both guys hit very hard and, and yeah I mean interesting to see if if it doesn't end in, a, in an early knockout if Wells uh, cardio can hold up we have a, f a lightweight bout between Ricky Glenn and Christos Yagos that should be a good fight uh, not very relevant but it's alright good fighters Hani Yaya makes his return against Montel Jackson uh, I think Jackson probably going to win this one. Looks very hard to take down. Very big hitter. Looked very good in his fight against Julio Arce, to be honest. And uh, Yaya is 30, 38 years old. Uh, I don't think Yaya won his last fight against Kim Ho Kang. But yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, Yaya always has the, the grappling uh, ace because he's so good in the ground. You have a Carol Hosa versus Norma Dumont fight. Pretty okay, I mean, to be honest. And this is at featherweight. Okay. I, I, I guess they're trying to get someone to fight Amanda after she fights Peña for the third fight or whatever. Mohamed Usman, uh, Kamaru's brother, fights Junior Tafa, who is um, Justin Tafa's brother. In a fight between brothers, yeah. 
Francis Marshall versus William Gomez at 145. Um, yeah, I mean, don't remember these guys. Oh yeah, uh, Marshall is the guy that beat Marcelo Rojo. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty good, actually. I don't remember Gomez at all. Ah yeah, Gomez fought on the on the French card. Uh, he was on the on the main card despite being the UFC debut of both fighters and the and the fight was pretty bad. So I guess I'm I guess I'm rooting for Marshall on this one. Priscilla, Priscilla Cachoeira versus Karina Silva, also in this card. Um, and Dana Badgerel versus Brady Histon is the opener. Um, hopefully that one is a good one. Um, one one thirty five never misses. And then lastly we have another uh, Bellator card. Main event is Ruffian Stotts versus Patchy Mix. is part of the of the one thirty five tournament. Um. Uh, Stotts coming from a from a split decision over Danny Sabatello. Uh, didn't watch that one. From what I've heard, uh, Sabatello was in top position most of the fight, but no damage. And yeah, Pachi Mix in a very good streak. Uh, got a guillotine against Magomed Magomedov. That is a very good fighter. Uh, I do not think he beat Kyoji Horiguchi in their fight, to be quite honest. But yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a good main event. Co-main, uh, we have Ilina, Ilimalei McFarlane versus Kana Watanabe. Winner probably going to fight the winner of Carmouche versus Bennett. We have Aaron Pico uh, getting back into it. Um, he injured his shoulder last time out. <laughs> One guy in his corner tried to fix it and made it like 10 times worse. It was a fucking mess. Ray Borg versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Did this guy ever fight in the UFC? I don't know, but very good fight. Very good fight. Excited for this one. And this one is at 125, so interesting because Bellator didn't have a 125 division for a long time. Matt Burnell, I know you guys love him. He's fighting Justin Gonzalez, so that should be fun. Jesse Medeiros, former UFC fighter, is fighting Charlie Leary. Kai Kamaka, third, also former UFC fighter, pretty good actually. He's fighting Adley Edwards. Uh, Sumiko Inaba is fighting Beta Artega, also flyweight, uh, women's flyweight. And and that's is that's pretty much it for the card. I mean, there's a, a few more fights, but for for a better card, it's looking pretty solid. Uh, might watch it depends how it how it pairs up with the UFC card. But yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I know this one is a a bit late. I'm sorry about that. I'll get the next episode early on Monday, as I'm getting you guys used to. Uh, thank you for for the comments I've gotten about the podcast. Uh, I see some people are enjoying it, so I keep doing it. Thank you, everyone. Support the fight site on Patreon or just like share uh, our content on social media. I'm Fenio. I'm signing out.